Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny, and we are here without Lady Chow Fung or Adam tonight, so it's just going to be the two of us, and we'll be talking about a film called The Oily Maniac for the final Halloween episode of Wuxia Weekend. We've already discussed Black Magic, Black Magic 2, Hex, and now we're doing another Ho Meng Hua film. This is a 1976 movie starring Danny Lee, Cheng Ping, and Lily Lili. It's... Uh, it's it's an interesting movie. I guess I would describe it as uh, Toxic Avenger meets Swamp Thing. It's about a guy who had polio as a kid and is a little unsure of himself and self-loathing as a result of his condition and unlucky in love. Uh, but he's he's uh, he's smitten with the uh, with a woman named Zhao Yu. And in order to protect her, he performs a magic ritual that turns him into this oily maniac. And he just goes a little bit too far in in uh, in his efforts to defend and protect. And eventually it becomes, it sort of spirals out of control. And uh, we'll get into sort of the details of that over the course of the episode. Um, but I don't know, that, that's, that's the basic rundown. Uh, Kenny, what did you think of this movie? Uh, to some extent, like, I, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as all the other movies we've watched. Um, like, it was still good, but I think the what sort of took it, took it away from me was the special effects was mm-hmm. they were just a little bit too like the, the oily maniac just looked a bit too goofy um to really feel like it was any sort of you know creepy vibes or ma- ma- magical vibes there it looked like a i mean he had buck teeth and his eyes were like i i, I you have to see it to, to understand what I'm saying. yeah when you see it you'll probably agree that you know it's it's not the most threatening of things and um, and I get what they were trying to go through. It's trying to paint him as a sort of like a force of nature, unstoppable thing. But a lot of the time as well, it was just like he didn't. Yeah, you know, he, he he still also seemed quite weak for what he was supposed to be. So you know, it, I yeah, that's to be fair. Yeah, that, that's just me the criticism on 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 the monster in, in the in the movie. I think the rest of the movie was fine. The plot, the the schemes were a bit convoluted. Trying to understand how it all tied together, um, but. Yeah, I, I in general I think the movie was fine as it was, but not not the best, I would say. Yeah, I thought this was an okay movie and I on the see it's funny the suit didn't bother me so much maybe because I grew up watching a lot of rubber suit monster movies, so I just, it just sort of I filed it into that category. Um but I I feel like it there there was something something it wasn't used effectively to scare me. I don't like I guess we should get into this topic before we get into anything else actually. Like it, it, this is Halloween, this is a horror movie. Did this movie scare you at all or did you did you find that this was more of sort of a popcorn type horror movie? No, if anything the, the movies, you know, Hex was way scarier yeah. like from a yeah, and, and, and Black Magic was way creepier. So this one was just sort of eh kind Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's fair though for us to criticize it for that? Because I'm I'm wondering. Do you think like was the intent here to really scare people? Or was the intent to kind of gross people out and just have a cool monster? Like, wh- like I'm I'm trying to imagine. You know, but back in you know 1976, like how would I have viewed this movie? Like, I, obviously, I have no sort of frame of reference yeah. there for what. I was born in 76, so I don't have yeah. one either. But I mean, I, I grew up in the wake of it, so I remember movies from that era. Yeah, so like I, I feel like even like for people of that era, like I don't think they they would have thought this was scary at all, right? Like, do you think like your parents would have thought this was scary if if they I, watched it? So, I don't know. I mean, 
when I was a kid, like in like the early eighties, I remember watching like a lot of horror movies that were basically monsters in suits. And, and I remember, I think at one point they had like a, there was a 3d movie on TV that it, not really 3d, like you had the crappy 3d glasses and it didn't, didn't really have a 3d effect. You kind of had to almost use your imagination, but I think it was King Kong or something like that, but it was a similar type of thing. And that stuff I thought was scary at the time. In this case, I think the thing that takes away the the, the 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 scariness is sort of the same thing that makes the Toxic Avenger, which isn't really supposed to be scary anyways, but which makes that not scary. And that's that the 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 bad guy in this or the monster is a good guy. Do you know what I mean? He's not he's not like a you're rooting for the oily maniac. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see. I see where you're coming from. I think, yeah, that's what. That's, so what? So what really, you know, makes it not scary for me here is that you understand the motivations perfectly of the ghost. Like you know exactly, you know, what they're doing, and you actually want them to succeed at succeed at it. Yeah. So that in itself just makes it so that it's, you know, to use a modern analogy, it's like watching a Venom movie, right? Like yeah, the, the new Venom movie where yeah, you have a guy who's got a symbiote who's a bit of a, a psychopathic thing that but he does good things so you kind of want yeah you know you're doing good things that's fine go for it you know break a few backs while you're doing it but whatever yeah no i mean it's yeah because he's everybody that we except for the very end when he attacks the detectives up until that point he's only killing people that have done bad things and like pretty terrible things um and and it's all and it's all stemming from his interest to protect you so it it just i don't know it, it i again i don't know if being scary was the point of the movie either but i get i guess where i feel the the reason i would give it an okay rating and not a great rating is like i would compare it to a movie like killer snakes and in that it's another it's a similar type of thing where it's that's like a character study of a guy who sort of spirals into the darkness like this except instead of turning into an oily maniac he has all these snakes that do his bidding and he uses them to you know ultimately to sort of vent his anger at the world and uh, and so it, you know it, it, that I thought was a much more impactful movie because it just it, it 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 was a little more serious and and the and the resolution of the film it felt like a proper conclusion to this guy who had really just kind of gone off the deep end and spiraled out of control and uh, but you st- you know it still sort of kept you sympathetic to him and this movie does a little bit of that with like the polio background and all that stuff but. It something about it. It just didn't land as as well as a movie like Killer Snakes for me. It did. It didn't establish a. Um, it didn't get me into the head of that character in the same way. And I can, I can agree with that because I just think it. Maybe it's just because like it. Yeah, you know, I, I I think it's just because you know he he had like one goal and and everybody else is so evil there. It's just sort of wow, it just seemed so obvious like what how how things were gonna turn out, right? You know, there's never really any suspense on on what was gonna happen. I mean, we know yeah we we're already told from the beginning that he was gonna get uh, get a, 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 a horrific horrific fate if he were to misuse the the magic and um and yeah even partly from the movie he asks for um his colleague uh who, who's got a crush on him to to kill him so that he can put an end to the killings right but yeah yeah it, it's all sort of stuff we, we know is gonna happen and there really isn't much tension in this movie at all i think yeah i think i think a lot of the movie is kind of waiting for things to happen that you feel like you know are gonna happen and to uh 
uh, it, it's, even at the end, like he kind of announces what he has to do, and you're just sort of waiting for him to kill those two guys, and and so it's it doesn't feel like there's a lot of surprises. Um, the, I I did think there were a lot of interesting pieces to the movie. It's kind of it's kind of I kind of the parts I like it in in sort of the same way I liked Heaven and Hell, which is there are just these cool little things that are going on throughout the movie, but it wasn't it to me it wasn't and I and again I think. I suspect a lot of people will disagree with me, but I don't feel that this was as strong as Ho Meng Hua's uh, uh, Black Magic or Black Magic 2. Those I thought were more effective uh, for the kinds of movies they were than, than this. Um, but this did some fun things. I think, I think if you, if you like, if you like the sleaze factor and like the, you know, the, um, the, the cheesiness of it, I think, I think you, it's, it's the sort of movie that'll entertain you. But it, it it I I feel like I don't know. So when I was watching it, I was thinking, wouldn't the movie maybe be a little bit better if we never actually saw the oily maniac and we never who knew who the oily maniac was until the very end? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I I don't know. I just thought that uh, I I I didn't know how to feel about him constantly transforming into this monster and 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 going on on these killing sprees because it was it was. I thought it might have been more interesting if we were kind of wondering, hey, is this guy with the with the crutches secretly the oily maniac? Or is it like Lily Lee's character or somebody? You know what I mean? I thought that might have been a more interesting uh, plot line to follow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I, I I would agree, I think. But I, at the same time, that'd be so much more difficult to write for. Like, I, I, I don't know if, yeah, how, how convoluted of a plot, like people, like, Hoping Hua would would want to try and direct here because trying to write a movie where you have a monster that's an unknown but yeah it's one of the cast is gonna be difficult like like I guess they could shuffle things around to make it so that we don't learn until learn about how he finds the ritual until towards the end of the movie in the flashback type of thing yeah then yeah that that, that would work but yeah you know, just from the way that the the movie is laid out at the moment there's literally no way like that that would really flow well right but i do think if if there was a bit of, like yeah the mi- mystery factor is very important there was very little mystery in the movie and as a result of that there was basically no tension like i yeah. mentioned already then when there's no tension it's really hard to sort of feel excited when anything happens like yeah it was like yay the bad guys get their just desserts but at the same time i was just like well <laughs> it, it's it, 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 there wasn't any it lacked the punch I'd, I'd yeah. say I'm not sure how, how else I'd better describe that but it just lacked punch well and I'm going to spoil a key plot point so don't listen if you don't want to be spoiled about it but uh, what did you think about when um, when you commit suicide and and there was I get you know was that sufficient tension for you the sort of the, the you know him racing against the clock to get to her before they uh, before before you know uh she was tr- transferred over to the nefarious bad guy or uh was that just kind of predictable for you predictable because they the the, the pacing on, on that bit was just a little bit off mm. like it, i i if I'm trying to remember that scene correctly i i think um we don't see him rushing off for the factory until like after um the deed has happened and yeah. and Xiao Yu was already looking at the at, at the hook yeah. right so it was just like well you know if it was just slightly different if if, if if 
if he'd just woven the scenes just a bit differently to make it seem like they, they weren't sequ- sequential events, yeah. then they'd be like, oh my god, is he going to make it in time? Mm-hmm. But because of the way he framed it, it was like, well, he, he's going to go there and she's going to be dead and he's going to go all, all like all Hulk on um, the the remaining two baddies, right? Well, and now that you mentioned the Hulk, how do you think this would... I mean, so we've been thinking of it through a horror movie lens, but what about a superhero lens? Does this function well as a superhero movie? I think so. Like, it... it I, I would think it's a better superhero movie than a, it's a horror movie for sure. Because um, I did find it intriguing to think about in those terms when I was watching it. I found I engaged the material more when I thought about him as a superhero and having this superpower. Um, you know, it just seemed a little bit more entertaining to me than, than you know, trying to uh, assess it as a horror movie. Yeah, definitely. Because I already mentioned like an analogy to you know the Venom, the the Marvel character hero, um, and I I think yeah, it, it, this has like a very good sort of setting that could have been stretched out over like a whole season of of a TV series kind of thing where you know it, every time he uses his power or transforms into the oily maniac, it seems like he's drained afterwards and you know he's making a mess everywhere. So you know there could be little fun beats of him trying to clean all the oil from his room to stop people yeah. from finding out that is the oily maniac and yeah, trying to not fall asleep at work and like hide and you know all sorts of hijinks that go around that. Yeah, no, it's an interest. It's it, 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 it's an interesting type of monster. Like as 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 sort of like like his heroic powers go and I and, and I like what did you think so so the way that this creature works he performed this ritual and then anytime he comes into contact with oil it seems like he turns into the oily maniac is that the well he has uh, to be doused completely in yeah. oil right? well, yeah it's not like if his finger just touches it he has to like yeah. pour it all over him or dunk himself in it um, well every time you see him do it like he's I don't know if this is sort of restricted to for the special effects reasons, but it's not just him spraying himself with oil. He then has to, after he sprayed himself with oil, he has to jump into a vat of oil in one way or another, right? Oh, I don't know actually. The I don't think he did when he poured the gasoline on himself. Yeah, I don't yeah, think. yeah. That's a, a different like. But then, is gasoline oil? <laughs> I I I mean I don't know that I don't technically I don't know, but I think anything. It seemed to me that like anything. Ra- <laughs> Any well, that might have been. That, what was that? Any petrochemical substance? Yeah, any any anything from that because he was doing it f- from everything from there to like coconut oil, I think, right? Like, yeah. so like so if he gets like a massage, does he turn into the? Uh... <laughs> yeah, baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I I guess it's probably using the um, the Chinese character for oil, which uh, petrol is just electric oil, basically. It's a translation, okay. Right? Okay. So maybe yeah. By through through language semantics, it's basically it's technically it's, it's, oil. It's fine either way. It's like a slick, lubricating you know material that can also catch fire. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's fine. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I, I I did like the monster. I just didn't think it was used as a is it, it didn't seem like a really you know effective horror movie monster to me. The way at least the way they used it. Um, but the but the I, I I have to say I did I know you didn't like the effects I kind of did like the effects and and the reason why is number one I grew up on practical effects and and for me whenever I watch CG there's always like a I feel like there's like a a disconnect between the CG creature and the thing that it's like the people that it's interacting with like 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 if they hit somebody I don't feel like they're actually hitting them and so 
with... I, I, just a comment, just a quick comment on that sure. one. Like, I, I've seen like, so the, the main thing with, with CG is like, good CG, you don't even realize it's there. If you if you yeah. if you know it's CG, then it's already an example of like not good implementation. No, CG. I like, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I just find that too often when I'm watching movies. I feel like I wish they would just do. A, I'd rather see like a bad practical effect. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Where I know there's real contact between the actors, than yeah. than have the, you know. And and I'm not knocking CG because it's. I mean, when Jurassic Park came out, I was amazed. I I I I half believe there were real dinosaurs on the screen when that when I went and saw that in theater. So you know, I I I understand the impact that CG, that good CG can have. Um, I just wish that they didn't totally jettison the practical effects the way that they have. Um, and so when I see a creature like this, even though like there are times you can actually like, they basically put a big jacket on him and covered him in goop is what it looked like, like really sticky goop. And, and you could even see the sleeve of the jacket, which kind of took away from the, <laughs> the impression they were trying to create. But, but, but again, that, that kind of had its own charm. Do you know what I mean? Cause like, even then I'm like, well, it's at least it's still a guy in a suit. You know, like actually, actually strangling this person. It's not. It's not like a. Um, you know, it's not like a green screen effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I I can appreciate it for for its time, but I yeah, just coming coming from. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was born in eighty eight, so I'm sort of used to special effects making sort of leaps and bounds yeah. since then. So, um, I. I I mean, it's 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 definitely not like terrible. Like, I I think for its time, it was probably it was great, right? Um, I mean, I I don't I'd have to compare it. I'm trying to think through uh, movies from that era, and it's a little bit hard on the fly. But I mean, I've definitely seen much better practical effects. I'll say that. Okay. Um, yeah. I've seen much better practical effects. I've also seen a lot of really crappy horror movie practical effects. So, uh, you know, this is I I think I think the thing that this suffers from more than anything else it's just the overall design of the monster is a little bit awkward and not maybe not as fine-tuned as it could have been um but uh but what, what did you think of the there was sort of a i think it was rotoscoping or some other similar type of technique where they were they were impo- they were using like animation to create the effect of him turning into oily goo and sliding under the door and and stuff like that what did you think of that aspect of the of the effect and the monster itself well, I was just thinking. I'm just trying to think if there was like a practical way they could have done that that wasn't um, so obviously uh, a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> it it did take me out a little bit there because I was thinking, you know, if if you're gonna go with a crappy rubber suit already, surely there must have been something that you could think of um, to sort of replicate a patch of oil moving along. Well, I will say this in its defense. When when I was young and we watched movies that had those kind of effects, we were pretty ready to suspend disbelief because we kind of knew what the limitations were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, this was still pretty obvious, but I remember seeing a lot of movies that had those kinds of effects in them. And, like, the same thing with, like, the green screen with, like, the really heavy trim around the outline of the characters. Like, when, like, some guy... Like, you know, the classic thing when, like, a giant monster picks up the woman and you can see, like, all around her the white line yeah, yeah. against the background. <laughs> we were pretty forgiving of that, too, just because we understood what the limits were. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I I thought that uh, I thought that it was actually more effective 
kind of to, to 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 add to your point when they were just having it like sh- when he was just showing up through the drain and stuff and so you'd see like literal liquid goo just flow into the into the tub and th- that seemed perfectly serviceable to me um but but i guess they did have to at least convey the idea that it was him that that he was able to transform in this way and so that's why they that's why they did it with the with the cartoonish rotoscoping effect mm. Well, I'm trying to think if if they had done it with, say, um, sort of freeze frame animation with sort of some uh, a dark clay or plasticine or something to sort of make a flowing thing instead, would that have looked better? But I feel like we got a few freeze frame things like that when his head was reforming, and it yeah. didn't, it, and it looked really weird. It didn't, it wasn't the best freeze frame stuff that I've seen. So I imagine it probably would have looked not so great just by the way they were doing it. Um, but I mean, you know, because I mean, you know, we're sort of getting into the Clash of the Titans period. So like, you know, the, but like, I don't know if they had Clash of the Titans money on this mm. on this movie, which is another thing to consider. I think this had a pretty low budget. Um, and and so, you know, or at least it wasn't like, you know, Hollywood blockbuster level budget. Um, but uh what did you think of the of the of the main of the main character who became the oily maniac the um the uh the Danny Lee character Sheng Yun did you uh I can't stop thinking of him as like as like a, a superhero um so now so like the the down and the you know down and out um person you know who's gone through a lot of shit in life and uh yeah he's got in his hands on a superpower and is like trying to cope and yeah I I I it, it it just really that that sort of mental image of him really fits for me now. But um, I think him as a character, it it was sympathetic definitely. Like he, yeah, the, the whole um, polio thing and and having to watch one of his like well not you know I, one of his re- not relatives really. Um, Abba was like his not father-in-law either because he didn't get with the daughter. He, ca- so. he called him uncle. So we but but it seemed to be like a term of endearment. Yeah, yeah, like somebody was close to um, being executed for trying to protect, you know, uh, um, his loved ones was, yeah, he, he's he's definitely gone through a lot of shit, and it's sort of understandable why he's got so much like, rage built up in him. Yeah, yeah, despite his sort of demure appearance and like seemingly, you know, being uh, very self-conscious about his. Um, crippledness I'm not, I'm not sure that's a politically correct term it is, uh, it's but, but in 76 that would have been, that would have been, they wouldn't have thought that like that that would have been what they would have said probably which is I think what the subtitles were yeah. um, but uh, but I, yeah I, I thought that the I thought that the polio storyline worked it was um, it, it, it it was and it, it wasn't one of these things where the character was like he wasn't overwhelmed by that aspect of it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't, it, it, you almost didn't notice it until it came up. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I thought that they did a really good job of weaving that into the story. And I thought that, um, I thought that the dynamic of him being in love with this woman and this other woman being in love with him really worked well. I, I think Homeng Hua is pretty good with that. I think he's generally good at having, uh, you know, sort of simply drawn characters that create interesting dynamics. And, you know, you don't need, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think, you know, like good characters have like this, these 
tremendous levels of depth or these character arcs over the course of a of a movie and i think good characters can also just be very well placed simple characters that are believable and the right actor is chosen to play them and so i think danny lee was very good in this role in 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 kind of in the same way that tanny tn was really great in that black magic role like you just kind of automatically clicked with that character and i automatically clicked with this guy um and 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 it wasn't that he was like a a super deep character he was just a simply made character that was fit well into the story um and and so i like that aspect of it i thought that I really, you know, it's one of the reasons why I really wish that I could have given this movie more than a C or something because the, the, I was really enjoying the, the, the love triangle aspect to it and I was sympathetic to him. I was very sympathetic to the Lily Lily character and, you know, maybe not so sem- sympathetic to the Chen Ping character who is sort of, uh, uh, you know, I don't think you were supposed to be as sympathetic to Um but, I don't know. Like I, 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 was, I thought she was pretty sympathetic as well. Like she, you know, it, ultimately at the end, you love who you love, right? And yeah, yeah just because she didn't love um, Danny Lee's character doesn't necessarily mean yeah you know, she was bad for her. Like she, she seemed like she was pretty clear on like, well, I, I really care for you, yeah. but you know, I, I don't love you, um, and you know, to to have. Yeah, to to for, that, for her to to be subject to such betrayal and and mm-hmm. and knowing about it as well, yeah, finding out that her boyfriend sold her out to, um, so yeah, someone who then proceeds to rape her and uh and then lead to her committing suicide, you know, and that, that she, I I thought she got the pretty bad end of the stick as well because I think um Abba was um Kufing's character was um her father, right? Yeah. So yeah, her father was executed for trying to stop her from being sexually harassed, <laughs> and then. No, I I agree with you. I so, but here's the thing, like I agree with the fact that like she didn't do anything wrong. Like her character yeah. didn't do anything that warrants a lack of sympathy. But I don't feel that she was presented in a sympathetic way, like she, like, like her father died, right? And we don't really like if if Danny Lee's father died in this, we would have gotten a really strong, impactful scene from him, showing his grief. Do you know what I mean? And we did. We got. We got. He 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 gave that scene when he went to the office and they were reprimanding him, and we feel bad for him because his this this guy he calls uncle has just died from you know being executed, and his boss is already harping on him to finish a file an hour later, but. All we get from from Cheng Ping is her head downcast. We don't we don't get a lot. There's not a lot of lingering thing like like okay like there's a scene where she's where she's uh, where she's assaulted right. But we don't get we don't get any impression. They don't they don't give us any indication of how that affected her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and then when even when her boyfriend betrays her, we don't really get like the emotional betrayal. We get like the fear and terror of all the stuff that's going on around that. But we don't get like the sense of like I'm in love with this guy and he's completely upturned my world. Do you know what I mean? In the way that we get with with uh, with Danny Lee's character, where he is, you know, he he's in love with her and she's really in love with somebody else, and you can see in his, you know, and it's not Cheng Ping's acting at all. That it's just that the the movie doesn't doesn't spend any time giving the attention to that. So I I felt that I wasn't as sympathetic to her as a result. Do you think, like, if she had hammed it up a bit, like, you know, crying in despair uh, after seeing her boyfriend drinking with her rapist in the office, in the office, kind of thing, would would have helped? Or, you know, I think um, I'm just thinking because uh, she, 
one, one strange thing was actually, um, despite the fact that her father was executed, like the fact that she wasn't, you know, there to collect his remains or whatever, that seemed a bit off to me as well. Like she had to wait for um, Danny Lee's character to come and tell her that, oh, yeah, has been executed. That was really odd. I, I'm not really sure what was going on there. Like, was she not allowed to hear about this? Like, why was she waiting for someone else to tell her that her dad was executed? Like, did, was it not a sure thing? Did she, I mean, there were yeah. lots, of, lots of strange decisions around that, I think. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe she wouldn't have been allowed there for some reason. I mean, I, I don't know the, you know, what the, the cult, you know, if there was like a cultural thing or, or whatever, but... I just didn't. I, I don't think it didn't require her hamming it up. I just think that it would have required an additional scene or two, kind of like we got with Danny Lee, where he was in the office, and we kind of we got to see him. You know, again, it only works because it's him, but he also has the boss and the boss's mistress kind of harping on him, and 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 and, and we also get the Lily Lee character sympathizing with him, and it just creates this atmosphere of all oh, we feel bad for the guy. Um, and I, I don't think that there, there just wasn't anything like that with, with the Cheng Ping character. I don't know that the film necessarily needed it because it might have just been, you know, it might have been additional material that would have taken away from this, the flow of the movie. But, but, but I just, you know, but because that wasn't there, I, I just, even though you had this sequence of horrible things happening to the character, you just didn't really feel that much sympathy for her, I found. Uh, or at least I didn't. I don't know. Um, but uh, I felt a lot more sympathy for Lily Lee's character. And she actually, all she, the only terrible thing she really suffered was unre- unreciprocated love. So, you know, it, uh, but, but, they, but, they, but they gave us the attention to her character to give us that sympathy. So. Well, I don't know. Like finding out your crush is a uh, murdering <laughs> oil monster is pretty tr- can be pretty bit traumatic as yeah. well, right? And then and then having him ask to ask you to kill him is another. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm <laughs> overlooking some crucial details there. Um, and I and I do have to say she ca- she did she handled that in a very dignified way. I thought she was very you know like she 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 when she find she finds out that he's the oily maniac, but she still makes curry chicken for him. And like you know, is 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 still clearly accepting of him and trying, you know, doesn't want him to kill himself and all this stuff. So you know, uh, but Lily Lee is good in those kind of roles. It's, she's uh, you know you you uh, and and I and I felt like I also felt like, and I guess this would be deliberate because he's not really supposed to have chemistry with Cheng Ping, but I felt like he and Lily Lee had more chemistry than he and Cheng Ping had. Um, but uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, like I was just saying, like, the only time you sort of see Dan Lee and Chen Ping together, like, it, it, it did feel a bit awkward because, yeah, it, it sort of was clear from the very beginning that he had the hots for her, but she was kind of like, eh, yeah. And, and, and most of it was just, like, me getting ready to cringe for when he's like, I love you. And he did. He, he, he asked her to marry him. Um, and she was like, nope. I've actually been seeing this other guy for uh, a while now. I'm, I'm in love with him. And was that before? When was the kiss scene as well? There's like one really awkward kiss scene as well. That was where... right after the. I think that was after the father died, wasn't it? Um... Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, after, after like, um, yeah, after uh, she hears about her father's death and she's like upset in the room, and 
Danny Deal's like, I'll protect you. Yeah. And then she just looks at his legs and didn't, and, and, and doesn't say anything. And then he just like, oh, at the window for a bit. <laughs> and I thought that was very touching. Like that was like, that was the part of the character that I thought really worked was this idea that, you know, he, 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 you know, in the movie, he's supposed to be cast as a protector for her and he can't fulfill that because of his condition. And it, it was a very sort of believable angst. So I, I thought that really worked. Um, but yeah, I would agree. It was it was awkward. That that kiss scene was. I thought that was a well done scene. Actually, that you know he, uh, you know it, it. Everything was pretty clearly done there, and and I thought that it worked. Um, uh, what did you think of the the sleaze factor of this movie? That's been a common theme in a lot of these films. Um, definitely with Hex, but we also got it with with the Black Magic movies, um, and it was certainly on display here. Uh, you know, what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I thought it was an acceptable amount for for the story. Like it was, it didn't feel like gratuitous at any point. Like it always felt relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, right? I mean, like <laughs> it, I'm trying to think of. I like, feel like it was so... like relevant, but well, as long as we're here, we might as well. You know what I mean? Like it was that kind yeah. of a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like some some parts of it were, yeah, the the car scene, like. Um, when the lawyer and his mistress uh, finally get their comeuppance, so it's a bit like, well, I didn't really need to progress that far before he killed them. Like it could have been a bit earlier. I don't know. Like, and and then we had like the weird scene with um, the plastic surgeon woman uh, having to do like what's it called the labiaplasty or whatever they're called <laughs> yeah I, I i was a little unclear on some of the things going on in that scene actually but that was well that that no see that was an interesting because that see, okay here's the thing about a scene like that that was not gratuitous because that hits you in the gut when you see those kinds of procedures done in a movie do you know what i mean like that yeah. like that makes you uneasy and so like like no nobody wants to see genital surgery no matter how attractive the genitals are, do you know I mean like like it's not it's not a it's not a pleasant thing to think about in any way? Um, I'm gonna go against the grain and say that most genitals, like if you look at them properly, they're not that attractive in general. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> okay, fair fair enough. But but you know what I'm saying? Is it, yeah. No, but nobody wants to no nobody wants to think about that kind of pain. Um, yeah. And uh and and so. I, I thought that was actually an effective scene as a result because you're you're really cringing the whole way through, um, but but yeah, this this was definitely a movie that has you know a lot of a lot of rampant toplessness in in certain key scenes, not like throughout the whole film, but there are scenes where um, where, where there's where there's a lot of it, and you know again, Ho Meng Hua is no stranger to that. We had that in um, Black Magic. I think we had it in Black Magic too as well. And this is just a more full, you know, expression of that same, I think, impulse that he has as a director. Um, but... Just a, a random comment is that I, I find it interesting that the guys always have to take their tops off as well before they're about to do any sexual assault or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, there is a, there, there were, yeah, because that, that did keep happening. That's, that's... It's like every time they're about to, you know sexually assault someone it's like hold on a second just give me a minute to take off my shirt fold it up so I'll leave it somewhere so it doesn't get crumpled or whatever and then we'll then I'll get around to traumatizing you for life and uh... <laughs> yeah it was it, yeah I, I I I don't know I, I suppose I suppose it 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 
it it couches the whole scene in 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 sort of like, like it, it establishes a certain pacing to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it, but uh, but yeah, I I, fa- I found those scenes a little bit. They were a little too casual about all that. I thought. I thought that like the the scene where the guy goes out and smokes a cigarette while his friend is getting killed by the oily maniac. You know when he's trying to assault her. I thought he was way too calm and relaxed when he's going out there having a cigarette. That just seemed kind of a. I don't know. It just didn't seem like the sort of thing a person does. Well, I mean, the, the, to be fair, like the Yang brothers, they seem like the. The, the implication is that they were that type of people, right? That they're okay. probably so used to doing these evil deeds, and and also sort of highlighting the fact that they deserve what they they, they got um, what, what what was coming to them as well. Yeah. You know, they they're so blasé about <laughs> raping. So I was fine. I'll, I'll I'll go after you. You're done. I'll just be outside smoking a cigarette. It's all right. <laughs> I, I guess like you do reach a certain like if you're a criminal for so long, you reach a point where you you can just be that blasé about it. You know, yeah. uh, but but yeah, I don't know. I just thought I just figured there'd be some some amount of anxiety on their part. You know what I mean? But it was it was just they were just totally calm, and 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 I I, I don't know. I thought those scenes again. I it was seventy six, so you know you got to take it with a grain of salt. But again, there's not like really any uh, until the well, I guess in the last scene there was because she commits suicide over it. So maybe I'm wrong. But in the first scene, I felt like there was no consequence no real impact on her character um like well, yeah, I from, mentioned from before. her like being rescued from like she she was never actually assault like so the thing is like why we, so yeah maybe you're, you're right when you say that the movie doesn't give enough attention to Chen Ping's character because um she was she had home invaders uh knocked unconscious yeah they, i mean they punched her in the face they ripped off yeah. her clothes they punched her in the face it's, I mean, that's like a traumatic evening, right? That's like not like 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 it, it, it like the oily maniac stopped them before they, you know, they did everything. But I, you know, I would think there would still be like a, an, you know, I think she would still have some well, some th- stuff she, to work. She woke through. up the next morning with a guy dead in her house, right? Like, I I would I would imagine most people, if you wake up to a corpse in your house, you you would be pretty goddamn traumatized. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and that that was just I think sort of the 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 way that character was handled throughout the movie. Um, and again, we know I I think it was just because maybe they thought it would have been added confusion because they were perfectly fine making Lily Lee sympathetic. Do you know what I mean? And, and having us experience some of her sort of internal uh, emotions, but with this with with the with the with the Cheng Ping character, there just wasn't any of that going on. I thought it was. Um, you know, even though there, again, like there were these really, uh, you know, horrible things happening to her, but we didn't get any sense of, oh, you know, this is how she feels about it, um, until the very end. But even then I still didn't feel like I was in her head the way I was in Lily Lee's head. You know what I mean? Um, do you think it's just like down to the writing at the time? Like, I don't know who wrote the script, but it, it feels like one of those things where people don't really know how to write from the perspective of. A woman or someone they can't relate to that they just sort of like well write these events and they're not really give much thought to the consequences i i mean i don't think so in this case because like i said I, they got me into the head of lily lee do you know what i mean and like that but then again like, like you mentioned already that like, nothing really happens to lily lee. like okay so we mentioned you know her finding out uh crushes a murderer and blah blah blah, blah but 
you know, again, we don't really get much of her reaction. Like, like, you know, she, all she does is like she makes dinner for him in a very calm way or whatever, and like she doesn't really react in any noticeable way either, right? You say you say she was dignified, but on the flip side, I'd say that she does the same thing as Chen Ping and just ignores what's going on okay. it doesn't, doesn't give you well, appropriate reaction I, I would say I don't think that it's just a product of the time because I feel like there were a lot like not not that not that there weren't like uh, blind spots then just that I feel like I, I've seen enough movies from that period and from you know from the from that region that would have paid more attention to those to the mm. aftermath of that I just don't think it was a priority here because I feel like I feel like they made a conscious choice to not you know, you, there are only so many characters in this movie that you can focus on, and they probably didn't want to dwell on three characters. They wanted to dwell on two, is is how I interpreted it. Um, because I mean, and I, I mean, there's a movie called Vengeful Beauty, uh, which we should probably see um, that Ho Meng Hua did. Um, that I think would would maybe be an interesting. Uh, an interesting film to watch and examine in that sort of in in that vein and compare it to this and, and see okay you know because we'd have a better sense of of Ho Meng Hua's uh, ability to 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 sort of focus more on a female character. Well, like I I I, I don't know if I'd like put it on Ho Meng Hua, but so much as the scriptwriter, if that makes sense, like. I I, I don't think like Ho Meng Hua did anything bad in the directing in the movie, but. As, as a director, does he have the finals? I don't know how it worked in, uh, for for well, yeah, the, the script. Like, does he have the say, the final say, and what goes in the script or not? Or? I don't know. I don't know. But the script writer is Chuma, uh, Chua Ma Lam, Chua Lam. Um, right. And 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 I'm looking him up, and he has at least on Hong Kong Movie Database, I see two movies um, that he's credited for writing. He did other things, you know, he's a producer and things like that. So I don't know. Um, but I think that I I don't know I I feel like um like Ho Meng Hua did Lady Hermit and mm. that's a ve- I mean I I think he's perfectly capable of 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 getting getting in uh uh you know uh, presenting a female character and 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 so I don't I don't think it's I don't think it was so much an issue of of the t- like I think obviously times change and movies are uh are affected by the time they're in. but i think people sometimes way over like way overplay how, how how blind people at the time were to certain things you know what i mean like uh you know especially in the 70s because there's a lot there's a lot of really interesting movies out of this period that that uh you know will get into that kind of territory so i don't i don't think that was it i just think i just think it was a prioritization thing um, yeah, like I, I don't want to sort of sound like I'm disparaging what Ho Ming Hua has done here. Like I, I think he did a perfectly good job with the movie. Like, but ultimately, like I, I, I think that movies aren't just as some of that what the director's vision mm-hmm. is. It's also what they're given to work with in the form of the script. And if the scriptwriter doesn't know how to write a, how a woman would react in certain certain situation, mm-hmm. that's that's fine. It's not homing Hua's fault. Like he's doing. What oh, he I can get what you're saying. Yeah I, yeah, I, I guess I'm just inclined to think that I, I suspect that. The, so, so I, I don't know. But my feeling is, I think the guy who wrote it probably could have made that connection that you're making. That that, that there would have been these other effects of that happening, but chose not to dwell on it for a number any number of reasons. And I, I think maybe for plot expediency. 
Um, yeah. Or maybe just so that the movie wasn't super depressing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was the you know another consideration. Um, and to be fair, we have, we have no idea. Yeah, short of you know like a director's cut of a, where where we hear Ho Ming Hua talking about the the movie. Like I, I don't think we'll we'll be able to get a definitive answer on why well, why they. Well, and um, and I, I did, because there's a there's a movie called Lady Snowblood, and um, and there was also a movie uh that was a Hong Kong film uh starring Angela Mao and I'm trying to remember the title but it was based on Lady Snowblood it was it was like a uh uh a, a, a similar type of uh similar type of movie and and that's basically that's all about like uh, uh it's all about vengeance for a rape and murder that that occurred um and so I feel like this is you know it isn't something that would have just been ignored because it was the 70s do you know what i mean like yeah um, yeah and that's fine like i'm just saying as this particular script writer who wasn't really sure what he was writing well as opposed okay. to every writer of that era okay yeah I, that's possible i mean i guess the only the only problem is when i look up his thing there's only two movies and i haven't seen yeah. the other movie so I don't know. I don't know what is uh... maybe the, maybe the fact that he only has two movies under his writing you know, portfolio <laughs> says a lot about his writing skills. There. Yeah, that is possible. That's an, that that could be an indication. You know, we should at some point we should maybe do Lady Snowblood. Now that we're talking about that, I know that me and Adam did it way way back, but I think it would be a good movie. Uh, it's Japanese, so it's a little bit outside of what we normally cover here. But I would really like one day to to do um, to do Lady Hermit. And then if I can just remember the name of the movie that Angela Ma was in, Broken Oath, that was it, Broken Oath, which was 1977, so a year later. Um, blood, and then followed by Kill Bill. And then, yeah, then we could do Kill Bill. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, well, again, I think, I think uh, one, of the, one of the fun things about, I know this is off topic, one of the fun things about Kill Bill is all the, the Shaw Brothers movies and Japanese movies that you can sort of tie the, the things to do you know what I mean and I think when people see those connections it makes the movie more entertaining um, but but yeah so I don't I guess you know uh, moving on to another topic um, Ho Meng Hua you know you've, you've 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 now seen a bunch of his movies you, you saw Black Magic you saw Black Magic 2 you saw Lady Hermit a while ago with with uh, I think it was was that me you Adam and Elliot was that the who, who was there for that discussion Possibly. i think dion might have been there i'm not sure i can't remember. i'll have to go back and check but we but we we talked about lady hermit a while back i'm just curious yeah. what your impression of him as a director is based on this sampling i mean i, I think he does a good job of with movies like he you know he, even though yeah we, we've had quite a few sort of negative things to say about oily maniac ultimately i think it was an okay movie like it wasn't terrible so and uh, well, and yeah while i think you know black magic one and two definitely were better movies um from yeah just looking from a horror or creepiness point of view um i think he he's i i don't know i i, I didn't see anything sort of unique in the way that he was directing that would make him think oh this is definitely a homing Hua movie like okay sure you know the top of the scenes and and the sort of uh the the pacing around those scenes maybe it's a bit special unique to him but i don't other than that like there was nothing really like like a, yeah 
like a Tanche or Choyan movie or whatever, it seems like oh, this this is a very distinct feel to it, kind of thing. And maybe that's just because I'm, I'm I I I need need to watch the movie in Home and Class movies a few more times to get that feel for it. But I. I don't think there was anything stand out. No, I feel I feel like Hobang Hua's thing might just be that he's really good at doing a lot of different kinds of movies. Do you know what I mean? Like more than you know, he I mean he has a he has a feel like when 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 you're informed it's a Hobang Hua movie, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? But you don't. It doesn't. It doesn't leap out at you the way a Chang Che movies like like you just said. Like like you see a Chang Che movie, you do not need to be told. That Cheng Che directed the film. You know, within moments, that it's either Cheng Che or somebody trying to look like Cheng Che. And the same thing with King Hu. Like, you know almost right away that it's a King Hu movie. Um, and Cho Yuan, exactly like you said, like, you know, it's a Cho Yuan movie. Uh, you know, it's not always as obvious with Ho Meng Hua. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll, uh, I'll mistake, like, I, for, for, for the longest time, I, I, I kept, uh, I kept thinking that, um, Human Lanterns was directed by Ho Meng Hua for some reason. Um, and, you know, j- just because it just looked like a Ho Meng Hua movie to me. Um, and, and so, uh, but, but I think he's a very, he's a very, I think he's a very good director. He just doesn't have the same sort of, uh, I don't know what you would say. I don't think he has like that. He doesn't have like a really flashy style. Do you know what I mean? He's not like, he doesn't, he doesn't have one thing that he really does that, that that catches people's attention but i think he does a lot of subtle things i think he's very good with characters and sort of just assembling groups of characters that have interesting relationships because if you think back to lady hermit that was all about you know lady hermit and this younger swordswoman and then and the and the love interest and then the black demon character and you know this 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 sort of you know this love triangle and 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 uh you know that it was it was a slightly imbalanced type of situation that that really worked and and the same thing with um with black magic that was the you know i really again you know i think a lot of people will tend to focus on the characters are really simple so they're therefore not that they're not it's not good characterization but i thought that black magic was really good at taking simple characters and combining them in, into an interesting array and 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 the same thing with black magic too um and and so I and I think here, even though you know we had our quibbles, I think that was another one of the strengths of the movie was the the the, the you know the combination of interesting characters, like even even right down to like the lawyer and his mistress. Do you know what I mean? Like like the dynamics all worked really well. No, and I would agree. Like the, all the characters in the in the home and home movies I've seen so far have have all. Been, been tied together quite nicely and there are interesting beats about them that make you more interested in how they like they, and yeah they may not necessarily have the most complex of backstories like sometimes you don't even really know what they've been up to other than the fact that they've got a setting that they're a doctor for example from yeah. black magic or or, uh, or you know in this case we have a guy with polio who's uh who, who's who picks up a spell from from a family friend kind of thing like you don't necessarily need complicated backstories and yeah. you know the fact that you can make yeah you, know, you can still make you feel sort of sympathy for these characters and understand their motivations a bit and and and, and you know make a compelling story out of it i think is definitely a, a strength um but you know uh, ultimately you know I, I still think that you know he doesn't really ha- have like a signature thing that makes it feel 
a distinct feel about it. It's just lots of little things that mm. um, that Hogan Hart does, which which you know may, will build up to a decent movie. But um, a lot of the time, I don't I don't think there's anyone who's going to be like, oh, I'm a I am an, uh, a rabid fan of Hogan Hart because he does this, this, and this kind of thing, well, right? Well, here's what I'll say. I I think I became a fan of Hogan Hart over time when I realized his name was on a lot of movies I liked, mm. and and so that that you know that's. He he was kind of like the director who surprised me. I, th- I mean, I think at one point I remember it kind of dawning on me, like, oh, I think I like this Ho Meng Hua. He's you know, like I, I started, like I realized I'd seen his name before, and I I knew I was watching a Ho Meng Hua movie, but it, it, I didn't realize how many of his movies I was enjoying. Do you know what I mean? And then that, and then you know, I I was I just kind of felt like I have to say I really I really enjoy Ho Meng Hua films. They're they're really good. Um, and they're, they're very consistent. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say that like they have a consistent level of quality, which is never really on the top tier of things, but never just average either. It's kind of like floating around between like just above average and not kind of. Well, and I feel like a lot of them have really stuck out in my mind after I've seen them. Like Vengeful Beauty, I definitely that still stands out. He made the Flying Guillotine. You know, the Flying Guillotine is is a an amazing movie. Um, he did Monkey Goes West, even. You know, that's a very famous film as well. Um, Lady Hermit has that classic scene where she says, I'm going to take off your arm and then your shoulder and then, you know, your head. And, you know, it has these, these and this great classic villain, the black demon villain. You know, the, the, and, and, and also there are a few things that I think uh, that he's, he's, he's very competent at, at, he's not like, he's not King Who. He doesn't do like King Who style compositions. But a lot of his scenes, when you see stills of them, you realize how well composed they are. And it's not always very obvious when you're watching the movie. Like if you if you look at any of the stills of the Black Demon uh, uh, fight scene in, in Lady Hermit, those really look good as just vis- ind- independent visual shots. Um, and it's it's not it's not as it's not a hundred percent clear because the movie is moving, you know. So you don't you don't you don't always catch it, but. Uh, and and I and I was kind of noticing that a lot with with this film. I feel like uh, you know there was a lot of a lot of the scenes were really well constructed, and the same thing with the Black Magic movies. Um, but but again, it's, it doesn't leap out at you the way a King Who movie does, where it's like you know you you know the, the, there's like a, 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 a like an an awe you feel just at how he's filming the movie. Um, but uh, but but in hindsight, you kind of notice it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you know, I, I, I think I think he just has a, uh, he's just good at sort of doing a wide variety of films. He's good at characters. He's good at, um, and 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 also the you know again, uh, flying guillotine is um, uh, I think we'll have to do that at some point because I think I think uh, it's it's a little bit difficult for us to do a full assessment of Homeang Hua without getting into flying guillotine and vengeful beauty and the dragon missile and movies like that. Um, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like we have enough Hoping Hua movies to have a month around him. You, oh, oh, there's point. plenty. There's Mad Monkey Kung Fu. There's uh, Abbot of Shaolin, which is, a, I think, an incredible movie. I don't, it might be hard for us to obtain that for everybody, though. So that might be a little bit difficult for, for us to do on the program. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of movies that, that we, could, uh, we, could, we could cover with him. Um, but I, at the very least, I'd like to do like Flying Guillotine, Dragon Missile, and Vengeful Beauty. I think those. I, I, I and, and when you guys see them, you'll know why. Uh, but I think those would be really good films to cover. Um, 
but yeah, so so I don't know. We've been going on for like fifty five minutes now. So any any closing thoughts on uh, on Oily Maniac? Did you know like what would your recommendation be to people who are maybe thinking of watching it? Mm, I will repeat that you shouldn't watch it as a horror movie. Um, and after you mentioned superheroes, like, I I would actually watch it as sort of like a uh, a slightly dark superhero movie more than anything else and I think you'll enjoy it a lot more if you if you, if you go into the movie with that sort of frame of mind of someone who gains superpowers and then eventually spirals out of control yeah I would I would I would agree 100% I think um, I think I, I think there's a lot of good things about the movie but it's 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 definitely not the best Tony Meng Hua movie I've seen I do know a lot of people like it so maybe there's something that's not clicking with me um but you know, and maybe it's the cheese factor, and I just wasn't appreciative of the cheese factor this time around, or something. But I, I just felt like I felt I thought this movie could have been better, um, and I didn't enjoy it the same way I enjoy Black Magic or Black Magic Two or uh, you know the you know uh, Lady Hermit or you know other other movies that he's done that I, I really like. Um, but it was a fine movie. Like it wouldn't have I wouldn't have demanded my money back or anything if I had seen this in the theater. I would have been content with what i had seen but it would it just wasn't it just wasn't outstanding um and uh and yeah so i guess i guess we're going to um uh we're going to head out now and uh next month we're going to start our um we're going to start our, our new theme which is uh movies with sword in the title uh and so you know we're going to be doing a lot of a lot of movies that feature swords basically so uh so you know we'll, we'll have we'll, we'll, i should know within the next few days what our first movie is and i'll i'll post announcements about it but again if if you've listened this long thank you uh if you want to support the podcast check us out on our patreon page i have a link below in the description uh you know it helps us get uh movies and dvds so that everybody can watch them it's not always that easy so every little bit counts and we do have a little reward tiers for different uh different amounts that people can give so if you if you want to check it out just follow the link and uh and yeah so we will be back on and talk to you later 